I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It smells like it's foam. Podcasts. <laughs> and this is the content he wants us to hit record for. <laughs> Welcome in. Will we, will we open? It's the creep dive. This is a main episode, I think. Isn't it great? Everyone's in flying form. Cassie's back from Rome. Sophie's on a, she's about to head off on a week's writing week. Delighted with herself. <laughs> say, on a period. She's on, which I am. It is fucking womb massacre. And we are chock a block with creeps. I'm having the, I'm having a core meltdown. Really? I would like to give a PSA. Yeah. Okay. That new documentary on Netflix about Three Mile Island in Pennsylvania and a nuclear disaster is shit. Right. That's not one now that would capture that, my attention. No. It was all getting heralded as like the first Netflix documentary to have like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I gave 40 minutes of my life. So it, what is it about? Well, it is about a, a nuclear event. Event. That did occur. I would say incident. Well, like now, bearing in mind there's four episodes and I barely lasted through the first. So it might be about to really take a turn and maybe I've just demoted <laughs> A disaster to an incident barely worth a documentary, and this might be really mean. People's lives may have been destroyed. Okay, I mine was just <laughs> just trying to watch it, guys. You know what you have to watch. I was in absolute tears. The uh, tiny children alone in the streets. <laughs> yes. What Netflix? What is it? Never too young. Never too young, which is a questionable or, title that no, I worried. Wait, Dan I mean, was like, "Never I too mean, young," and I was like, "Really?" I, I feel like that's not. That's not. It is. It is called Never Too. I young. don't think it is creepy. Um, why did that? Why was that what came to my mind? A f- like a two and a two-year-old baby <laughs> goes to Aldi 
crosses a major six Sorry, lane highway. The Chinese program. Yes. Is it? Yeah, uh, where they give them tasks to help them the grow man up. Had a small yellow flag. <laughs> a backpack that couldn't fit the shopping. He was uh it was relatable. Tears two year olds are just like us down my face. But then you got to by the time you watched the two year old and you got to an episode with a four year old, you you're like, this child is incompetent. Exactly. <laughs> you're exactly right. That's what happened. Uh, really hard recommend for that kind of batshit thing the most fun thing about it is when I watched about eight episodes or something last night one it's the crew right so you get the kid the kid is obviously like so small it doesn't know like the filming it's not aware so there's just loads of adults walking around them but they're not interacting with the adults because they've obviously don't understand that they're being filmed they've just been told to go to the shops alone so they take off the crew are scrambling trying to get in front of them and behind them and every so often this shot peels back and they're like racing after the yeah. kid who's gone <laughs> wandering into the road AWOL yeah what so about that's the poor... a like they're not really sending no the they off. are it's oh, beautiful they are the, where they, they, the one with the, the little girl who has to collect the watch oh God, the one with the cabbage. What about the baby? The girl They're with the cabbage. The cabbage. Oh Sophie, it was my the dead God. Of night. She had missed six hours. She was harvesting she was, cabbage. She was harvesting a cabbage. She was told to go get an onion and a cabbage. Harvesting from a field. The yeah, weight essentially. of a cabbage. Twice the weight of herself. She was told to go pick it up, but her grandmother had put it in the shed for her and she missed that detail. Which, so when she got to the field, she went and just started trying to pull the cabbage out of the field. Had a little sit down and cry when she couldn't do it. It was night time pitch black she'd been there for an hour and the crew weren't helping because they were t- whatever and then she went at it again and they were like and she finally twisted the cabbage around and pulled it out and then they make fun of her in the voiceover they're like oh the fool has missed the cabbage and the onion <laughs> just sitting on the side she's completely missed it she's missed it and here she sees she sits crying yeah. unbeknownst that there is a cabbage on the other side of the door and like, the camera capturing this it was so golden childhood moment. It, it was so nighttime by the time she was walking the 40 minutes home on her miniature legs that they had to drive a car behind her to light up the road. Ahead. Which is I thought you were gonna say that they had to switch to like night mode and <laughs> she lower. was like in green, just like an apparition through the night with a weeping. giant cabbage. Like, or they were just filming pitch black and all you could hear was her crying in the darkness. Or the kid who kept dropping the shit down the hill. Oh, God. What is it? Why is it so compulsive? It's like cruelty and super cute at the same time. Anyway, quick recommendation up top. Very cute. Uh, Welcome into the creep dive. Oh, God, I have a good creep of the week. Ready? Picture this. Spain. Spain. You're a Garda in Spain. You open the door to a mystery warehouse. And inside the warehouse, there's two warehouses, 25,000 square feet each. Let me get the exact numbers here. 1,100 taxidermied animals. Right. Like huge, like a city of dead. And you're like, this is suspicious. A lot of these animals are 400 of them to be precise, protected species. One of them is even extinct. So we don't know who the owner is. I think it's a woman. Private collection of these animals, 400 protected species, and uh, including everything you can think of. Snow leopard, polar bear. So I think there's a couple of polar bears. Uh, You know, the usual stuff. Lynx, uh, white rhino, elephants, fucking giraffes, everything. Do you know what's so weird about it? 
the person, a giraffe. The person had these huge, and like nothing was, ha- it wasn't like there was a sofa there. It was just, they were all lined up like an army. Oh, wow. How many people would it take to taxidermy a giraffe? I think two. I'm like, only two. would you yeah. even, the mess of it. Do you know how you do it, Sophs? So when you're taxidermy, so you'd only receive the skin, right? So really? what 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 they so do is there's a mold. The you could buy a full mold in bits of a giraffe, and you'd stretch the skin then around that. There's a great woman on TikTok that, that feels like phoning it in. What do you mean you can't have a skeletal or a rotting flesh inside? Yeah, but you... like you have to. Now, Harry Bird Boy, get in touch. <laughs> Because we do have a creep who dabbles. Is an active taxidermist. He may, in fact, take umbrage at the word dabbling. Oh, yeah. Could be professional. Possibly not. He's probably gone pro. Um, But, like, do you not get the animal and have to do all of the, like, gutting and scooping out yourself? If if you're, but let's say you were a taxidermist living here, fancy to rhino, you're not going to be shipping over the, you know, the dripping guts. You're not going to get a flat in Dublin that can accommodate taxiderming a rhino. Probably not. Not, no, uh, not a hope. This collection's worth thir- 32 million. What? And they don't know who the owner is yet. They what? just find the warehouses. This is, this is just I am sweet. the owner. I am the owner. Yeah. That is wow. my taxidermy. Claim that. Yeah. So who do I get Spain. in touch with? Um, Love Spain. Love nice Spain. to keep them at a good temperature. That's it. All nice my warm. rhinos and... What else giraffes? Do rhinos, giraffes, a hundred odd uh, tusks, ivory, uh, a, a lamp made out of an elephant's foot. Uh, you know, the usual yeah, stuff. Yeah, so me. Love that. Yeah, very you. And yeah. Like, do you have any suggestion that the same people are responsible for taxidermy, each of them? Or is it something that a person has amassed over many years from all different sources? The suggestion is an amassing. Okay. Uh, you can tell from the quality. Oh, it's very... Buried. Mixed it. Some good, some bad, Ooh. some ugly. Like I kind of was picturing, do they all have like a hand sewn tag, like an Etsy store or something, oh. <laughs> just sticking out somewhere? An Instagram uh, handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At lovely animals underscore or something. Um, <laughs> so wow. there you go. That's, well, that's underway, live and in. And then a couple of dolphins were found with their um, writhing around with an anaconda. Everyone was aroused. My anaconda. <laughs> Yeah, two aroused male dolphins. There's it's pictures. like a reimagining of Nicki Minaj's Anaconda video. It is. Where all the women are just dolphins. It's the world where, of animals. Were they on land or in water? They were in water. So what you could see is there, uh, sometimes they'd flip on their back. You could see an aroused Mickey. You could see them passing this gigantic Anaconda between them. Two mouths passing around the Anaconda. Anaconda writhing around. Oh and then God. the dicks kind of... Right, dolphin dick, dolphin dicks writhing, and you know, do anacondas have you know bits and bobs? Uh, no, it was. I think it, the suggestion is that they were using the anaconda, maybe a double ended dildo, okay, or for like you wouldn't yes. want to be at the wrong end. You How did they wouldn't toss a coin? But you know, dolphins would be fabulous hunters, so they would be able to navigate around the mouth of the anaconda without. I wonder if the anaconda could. No, because they don't. They eat on land. They would. They would find a small child or an injured deer and swallow that whole, rather than eat something in the ocean, or the river. Rather, am I right? What do you think? 
Haven't a clue. Jesus. Yeah, do you remember a man was found quite recently inside the belly of an anaconda, missing in a field, and um, an anaconda anaconda <laughs> was found, and he was there. I was about to say, if you were getting eaten by an anaconda, <laughs> you'd be like, look, it's all over for me. Yeah. But my legacy can be a funny shape inside the snake. <laughs> <laughs> like what would you be? I don't know Y M. No, it's just the no. Y. That looks like a good. I think Running Man is quite good. <laughs> if you or could. the um the Senorita Lady emoji. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's that would be good. Okay. What about just trying to do the rabbit shadow <laughs> puppet? Like your last hours just spent slowly suffocating, holding this annoying clench hand. You'd have to be probably dead already. The length of time it takes to swallow you and the fact that you and couldn't get away. Imagine the they were, isn't it? but imagine it was eating you from the feet up and you're watching it happen. And, uh, <laughs> oh, like, oh, come on. Well, you do like a last few emails or something. Yeah. Set you out of office. Oh, that would be, I close, always love crafting. Close your rings. An OOO message. During like, that time. Yeah, like I always like like to kind of entertain people with the out of office. I'm setting one later today, already cooking up a few lines. So that would be a tempting thing, you know, you'd be like, I'm, I'll be away from my inbox, mm. you know, I'm slowly dying. <laughs> but if you email me within the next eight hours, I might still be able to get back to you. Yeah. If it's an emergency, please call me. Yeah. If not, get in touch with Fergal. <laughs> I always put in my WhatsApp, uh, you know, if it's urgent, WhatsApp me. Yes. So that all the people who don't know my number can just feel a pang at the fact that... <laughs> There are some in the inner circle that I allow contact me. Okay. Do you guys remember what it's called when they walk down? So the snake dislocates jaw and walks its lower and upper, like over the body of its victim. Doing the worm. <laughs> Rock the boat. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Is it? Rock the boat. Don't rock the baby. Okay. I no. have... Um, a lawn chair Larry 2.0. Great. This is an incoming now from a creep called Sinead Rowe. Thank you, Sinead. Or OE, is it? Yep. Yeah. She's given me the BuzzFeed headline. And what's your email address and address? Uh, <laughs> phone number? Uh, lawn, chair, lawn chair Larry, but make it a kebab. <laughs> so what we have is a world famous, now, now world famous kebab. Um, was attempted to be launched into space. And the accompanying video is just a day maker. So what we've got is a Turkish restaurant owner tried to send a plate of Adana kebab, one of the best traditional dishes in the world, into space as a helium balloon. So the restaurant owner is called Yasar Aydin. And he is from Adana. Southern mm-hmm. province of Turkey. And so obviously this is a big bit of PR for Adana. Huge. Huge. Um, the dish is so good that they are sending it out into space to be an ambassador for Earth's cuisine to for, uh, you know, other life forms. Yes. Um, I don't know what space. Instant freezing? Well, no, it would barely, I'd say, would it make it through the Earth's atmosphere? It would. Because it wouldn't be going at speed. You know the way when... Um, like 
spacecraft come back in. This yeah. is now come on. Many science. people, many, many people are listening. Lesbians so it's always, always very intimidating when I get emails from creeps and the amount of them that you know are corrections. PhDs, corrections, or signing off doctor. And um, no, not even corrections. Just like passively, I'll, I'll note that there's yeah. a lot of learned creeps out there. Anyway, when a spacecraft comes in, they have that danger of burning up on impact because of the speed I think with which they're traveling. Okay. You know, and they have to get the ang- mm-hmm. angle correct and everything to get them safely back into Earth. Yes. But I think if you're going at a kind of at kebab speed, which would be quite slow, literally, um, you can transition out of the Earth's atmosphere, I think, without that danger of burning up. Interesting. So the, the kebab would survive, I think, the exit of the atmosphere, but I think would instantly freeze once out in space. <laughs> sad sad and yes. then if that was okay so anyway let's see how we're um how we're getting on with the kebab so after contacting the necessary institutions and organizations i don't know if you need to get a special permit to fly kebabs over foreign airspace but he took the time to do the legwork which is good and so then after he got um all the correct permissions he prepared the kebab in his restaurant obviously on a special table with a camera and a tracking device on it, okay? Yeah. And then he attempted to send the the set table with kebab into space with a special helium balloon. The helium balloon reached an altitude of 38 kilometers. That's good. That's a lot. That's massive. What does a plane fly at? 30, 40,000 feet. Yeah. 38 kilometers. Is considerably higher than that. Have a look. Is it? I don't. Do, do, do a quick Google. So sadly, it exploded just five hours into the flight. What? It lasted longer yeah. than I anticipated. 30,000 feet is nine kilometers. So, yes, it is considerably higher considerably than a plane. Considerably higher than a plane. Wow. Is 30,000 feet only nine kilometers? Mate, have done three. Th- no, it is. Yes, correct. Okay, yeah. wait a sec, right? So the balloon burst into flames before reaching space but they had contingency for just this kind of outcome right auxiliary balloon well yes they had a parachute a balloon within a balloon filled with confetti (laughs) just filled with tatsiki Mm. um so the um they had a parachute that guided the kebab plate back down to the ocean about 75 kilometers from where it had been from whence to came launched and the kebab plate was found by the restaurant owner and his team get out yes and brought back to his restaurant to be exhibited amazing um, how's it looking so we can definitely he didn't Kebabs it wasn't the, the first the kebab a bit rough it wasn't the first kebab in space but it was definitely excuse the, me it wasn't the first kebab in space well because it didn't make it to space oh I see <laughs> But it's the first kebab to reach kebab 38 dish. kilometers above the Earth's surface. I went to her, you went. I was like, why would you even attempt it? What? Someone's already done it exactly. before you. Yes. So um, do you want to see just a Thomas little footage of... orbit. Space um, kebab. This is the plate being retrieved in Brilliant. the ocean. Such excitement. Um, oh, look at them there. And it's come in. But the, the actual footage launch. of the launch. Let's take a look. Okay, there's the kebab. No, it's not, not what I'm ex- I was no, expecting. I thought it was like a plate of zaytun. That's a big hack of meat. It is. 
It's the skewer down. Here we go. There we go. So the camera, fuck's sake, keep stopping, lad. Oh, look at it. It's gliding above the earth. <gasps> it's per Sophie, that must be adhesive. There must be adhesive there. Yeah, it's That's just at a major angle. I smell a rat here. Oh my God, like, look at <gasps> it. Look at that. You it's can so see high. the edge of kind of the you earth's atmosphere. You can see atmosphere. the curvature of the earth. Yeah, and space above. No movement on that piece of onion. Like the garnish is holding firm. That's fascinating. Uh, it's all that is so strange. And Kebab it's such a like in space. There it's coming back down to land. There it is. Big success. <laughs> the landing. Oh. Now kebab is still on the plate and in it's the water. Face down, Sophie, in the water. The kebab. Hang is. on, let's see now. There's the. Well, here we go. There's the lads. The kebab made it out of the water. They're delighted with themselves. High five. High five. Well done. That Big success. Just a good news story, if ever there was one. The meat looks dry. I didn't think that really I'd live to see a kebab in space. You know? Well, you haven't. We you haven't lived to see a kebab in space because it didn't make it all the way. You're right, Cass. <laughs> Sky Cassie, kebab. Way to burst her halloumi balloon. Oh, now, that great. was a joy. Truly. Today, I have a couple of things that I'd like to ask you whether you want to hear. Okay. Oh, wait. We do have a question from oh, at, yeah. at Dive Creep. It's coming from McGuff C. Oh, did yeah. the creep dive mention salad fingers this week? I certainly did, because salad fingers is never far from my psyche. No, we did. We said someone looked like salad fingers. That little guy on the don't let you don't let your dog shit here oh, yeah. sign. <laughs> Fucking creepy. Um very good. I'm very completely good. lost. Do you not know who salad fingers is? No. Oh, Jennifer. Who's salad fingers? We're gonna show you. I would love to see this. Um, also, welcome to Dublin uh, at Emma Geddon. Uh, shout out to your Twitter name. Uh, she's given herself particular extra time in Dublin to be creeping. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be creeping. So Cassie's showing me salad fingers by way of making me watch an ad for Paracetamol first. <laughs> you are single-handedly pushing YouTube premium like you're being paid by them. Okay. Guys, get on it. Do we have a story? For this episode okay. before anyone I like rusty spoons come on Jen you know I've never this. seen this to touch them the feeling of rust against my salad fingers <laughs> is almost orgasmic <laughs> never Why? the whole season I love this find the perfect spoon Jeez, that's very ASMR. Or AS, what do you say? ASMR? I'd say it's the os- opposite. Guys, I'm delivering something to you today. It has to go on the main because some, a handful of uh, hivers have seen this happen in real life. It's a fabled lost episode that I'm going to force myself on you right now because it's the most insane marathon of all time. Okay. You, you'll remember it as I'm telling you. And I think it's been long enough that you might not and when you well, say remember, fabled last episode, do you mean that you're recycling a creep that you've already experienced? I am. Remember, we also have, that's a really good idea. Because we lost the recording. We, we have, haven't lost very many episodes. Okay, okay no, well, but there, yeah, was two, there was two Give lives. clues. Let's guess what it is. Okay. Um, Donner party. No. <laughs> Dusty. Uh, the uh, guy who runs that batshit marathon. It's a, it's marathon. It's the year 1904 and it's the unbelievable 
true story of the craziest Olympic marathon Hang ever on, to you take place. You gave this to us only about two months ago. Did I? Yes. No. No, I did this live at the lighthouse. Yes, like yes. about two months ago. No, 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 no. Live at the lighthouse, the time we got just a feed of music. Yeah. That okay. was the last episode. I know. I mean, I'm accepting all that information. What I'm saying is all of that took place very recently. But did let's it? go. Was yeah. it probably two months? However, I'm going to tell everyone again. Are you ready? <laughs> I, I when I say everyone. I'm ready because. Are you, do you remember it well? I'm going to say it again. I wrote an essay. I'm going to do it again. I'm actually scared for you because reenacting the genius of this episode, of this story is going to be hard. Well, well, let's try. Are you going to be okay? I'm not sure. I wasn't at the live, so. Fergal, enjoy it. Here we are, 1904. Yeah. I had to do a quick check myself because I talk a bit about cars here. Did you know when the car was invented? 1903. Incorrect. 1886. Very oh my good. God. And yet somehow Chiabatta is not until 1982. <laughs> and I would have said Chiabatta more First. relevant to human life than a car. Isn't life mad? Truly. Okay, here we are in St. Louis or St. Louis? St. Louis, I think. In the US in of the A. In the movie they say St. Louis, I'm pretty sure. And that's where we are. We're at the time, Russia and Japan at war um, and didn't show up because they were busy doing Mm. that. Uh, So 600 out of 650 athletes, North America. Right. So we're leaning heavily now into who may win this Olympic. So did 650,000 try out? 600 just. Okay. They're, that's the <laughs> amount of competitors that are currently in alive this, in the world. In this game. In this Olympic marathon game signed up. 650,000. 650, no, 600. Did you 600. say 650,000? So. Okay, sorry. I thought you said 600 out of 650,000. And I just wanted to know. 600 full stop. Competitors in a marathon. Okay. 650 competitors. In this 600 Olympic turn up 600 of them are from the states and 600 are in the marathon oh my god what <laughs> like it's if it if there's two out of three people confused it's a communication <laughs> error on your side so the medal board was about to be a little imbalanced because of that because of america fuck yeah right they took home 78 gold 78 bronze versus german four gold seven silver and cuba Three, go- you get the idea. Wait, there should only be one gold, one this silver, is, one bronze. What is this? For the like entire fucking, Olympic Games. This is Oprah all over again. Keep one up. One for you. So this for is you. the entire Olympic Games. Oh, not just one race. Now I'm going to go into the marathon. <laughs> that has 600 competitors. 600 people in the marathon. Yeah, that's what we were thinking. We, you said 600 of 650 competitors were in the marathon. You know me. <laughs> Things get messy. The last story of the <laughs> time in which we are lost. The untold okay. story Focus of this in. marathon. It's the marathon. Yes. As I said back in the live show, and I'll say it again today, there's a lot of individuals in this race. Try to keep up. So we're looking at the marathon. We're looking at 25 miles. 40 kilometers and the course itself a minefield of danger okay so we're not looking at like a track we're running through fields shite on the roads broken automobiles <laughs> that is what marathons people. do generally they don't just go around and around and around but 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine an four-hour spectator sport of just watching people go around the track. I wonder who's got it. It's tight, isn't it? It might be funny. To see all the dropouts. Because mm. you know the way you only see a tiny section of a marathon and you're always willing there to be a dropout just in that little stretch of road that you were on. But like there's a lot the of dropouts of coming. It. Okay, I'll go on. Okay, ankle twisting nightmare of a track. Uh, we have buggies, dog walkers. Half the people don't know what's happening. <laughs> They're just going on with their day. And this is coming towards you at speed. The lads carrying the window pane back and forth <laughs> across a road. Exactly. There's a, a car in the lead, kind of a wagon thing. Uh, and that's sort of like trying to clear the way for the runners coming Jenny, up. Genuinely thought you meant there was a car competing. And I was like, well, obviously the car is going to win. So the car took pole position. Yes. <laughs> in front of the run- runners. But this worked out quite poorly. Now, it's very, very hot as well. Dry. And the car, of course, kicked up a load of dust. Oh, so the no. lad's taken off. The car's like, ready, steady, go. Car goes, kicks up a dust storm. And the lads start going into the storm. However, it is boiling hot. It's over 40 degrees centigrade. Boiling. They decide 3 p.m. would be a good start. <laughs> Absolutely batshit. And the runners were already worried. A number of people had bailed off, but I'll tell you about that later. Okay, so dust, crowds of people, shit everywhere, car in the lead, and uh, intense heat. And I know what you're thinking. They'll be very pro-hydration. They'll be like, we'll have water, lads. Okay. Don't worry. If mm-hmm. I know anything about sports from back then, yeah, Tour de France episode, they have alcohol and amphetamines. Well, wait till I tell you. So I'm introducing you now to a little man by the name of James E. Sullivan, researcher and chief organizer of the Olympics. Also a sick anti-hydration pervert <laughs> who was trying to prove his theory of purposeful dehydration. So he believed 
Dehydration could in fact improve an athlete's performance tenfold. And this was time for him to prove his point. Was this for lightweight, like a a degree less weight to carry? Or was it that desperation would fuel them to the finish line? A little bit of column A, a little bit from column B perhaps. James finally agreed to one water source halfway through the race because people were like James please okay please and the the runners were starting to get wind of what was going on and they had a few bailouts already they were like this is not gonna work yeah so James like fine I'll give you one teat of water halfway through but it's not gonna be clean (laughs) and that was agreed upon Uh, demented so one filthy water uh, was agreed upon uh, which resulted I'll tell you about that in a minute right conditions dire so let's look at the runners so we have as we discussed 98% Americans a handful of Canadians four South Africans incidentally the first black team of athletes to ever compete in an Olympic event There was then the Greek. It's actually worth googling a picture of these last. Brave of them going to America in 1904. Yeah, and I'll tell you about Len later. So anyway, there was a Greek team, none of which who had ever run a marathon before, and then there was Felix. So if you bring up a photograph of this 1904 marathon Olympic Games, you'll see the Greek team. Felix standing at a mile because he's in black tie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So the rest of the lads were in white vest. Thick leather belt, white kind of loose shorts, some leather boots, which was at the time Lululemon. This was at leisure. They were like, this is how, this is the gear. But Felix, who was a Cuban postman, very passionate about the Olympics, incredibly obsessed about the Olympics, managed to do some sort of 1904 equivalent of a GoFundMe, raised enough money to get to St. Louis from Cuba, right? But he had a pocket full of cash and he got in to New Orleans and he said to himself, I will take this opportunity and double my money. And he hit the casinos hard, uh, purchased some new duds and obviously then lost everything except the shirt in his back. And (laughs) hitchhiked his way to the Olympics to compete. Full of vim and vigor. Very likable guy, apparently. And uh, we'll admire his commitment, right? He actually arrived about an hour before kickoff of the whole event. Uh, Next, there was a French runner arrived without papers. American officials were like, do you know what? His name was Albert Corey. And they were like, we'll just call you Al. You can run for the States. So they put a US flag on his back and agreed that he was allowed to run. Then there was the Russian team. They sadly arrived a couple of days later because at the time (laughs) Russia uh, were operating on a different calendar, which was something to do with Lenin and the Gregorian calendar and 13 days missing from February. (laughs) So that was just, that was fine. So they just weren't there for the race. So uh, word began to travel about our James E. Sullivan water pervert. And eight of the runners were like, not doing this. This is fucking crazy. And it's 40 degrees and it's three o'clock and look at the shite of the race. And that's fine. So eight bailed off. So that left us with 32 runners. Right. Or ready. 642. Or 642 runners. (laughs) So 
They're all lined up in the various kind of uh, outfit choices of the day. Nobody knew what the fuck was going on. People knew the length of the marathon they were willing to run, but training was sporadic and it just seemed to be, we'll give it a blast, was the attitude. Right. Like sports day. Dressed like a gondolier with a hat. With a hat, yeah. Came in costume. Uh, So the Africans (laughs) take the lead. Specifically, this guy called Len Tao. He was a favorite to win but was majorly hampered by the fact that he had no fucking shoes. Oh. Right? So as I've described, the track was messy, bumpy, full of shit. And, uh, but nonetheless, he sped ahead. Felix, remember him? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, taking up Three the rear, suit. boiling alive in the suit, <laughs> uh, but didn't seem to bother him at the very beginning. He then struck up a very chatty, Felix was, struck up a conversation with this guy competing with shotgun, with, in the shot put, yeah. who had a pair of scissors. So he cut in his long trow into shorts. Uh, this is all during the race. After they took taken off, Felix was like, you wouldn't... Uh, and he was sort of made more comfortable by way of that. And on they went. So Felix, chatty catty as well, in every crowd, he, he was over chit chat away <laughs> it was like a slow sort of race to begin with two miles had passed and a bunch of americans were in the lead uh len tau the african guy he'd fallen back to sixth uh so then they would trundle on through the dust mile six hits and felix regains focus joins the ranks enter a new guy meller an american very interesting guy uh, he was in the lead because two other Americans who were initially ahead of him had dropped out collapsing with torn esophaguses and lungs filled with stones. Whoa. Oh my God. Whoa. From the fucking dust bath, right? So uh, Meller was then in the lead and I'm going to introduce you to a new guy by the name of Fred Lords, this bricky from New York. Oh, I remember Fred. Right? He worked all day uh, doing his job and trained through the night, running the streets of New York, taking it very seriously. But frankly, it just wasn't enough time and his fitness wasn't there. But he was very attractive and a fan favourite. So people <laughs> were interested in his movements. So he took in the lead, the crowd went wild and he stormed ahead and nobody could believe their eyes len fell back al cory remember the french guy who got adopted by the americans yeah now in fifth place everybody is milling through the dust and heat fred lords from new york bricky begins to slow down disaster hits didn't he get a cramp oh right he flakes off the to the side that'll be the dehydration mm. He flakes off to the side and he's like, I'm out. Like, there's no way. Um, And then starts like being like, look, I'm just going to get to the end. I'll see if I can get a lift to the end of the race. Very sad for him for now. He hops in a car, heads in the direction of the end of the race. So we're back in the race. Uh, Ranking changing by the second. Enter a rando Irishman, Lorden. Again, due to various illegal statuses, he's running for Team America. He'd won the Boston Marathon the year before, but Promising. Uh, then began to do a little bit of coughing and coughing up blood uh, and phlegm. And of course, the dust in the lungs got him. Now, we're halfway through the race. Time to suckle on the teat of moisture. This could be a very and was a very big mistake for a number of runners. So in the lead, the three lead runners began to suckle within minutes 
the bowels gave way. Oh, God. Running down both legs, collapsing, shite running down both legs, collapsing in a heap from the disgusting water that immediately mm. gave him the trots. Oh, wow, shit. That's and fast that, acting. Yes, it was brown town. So uh, most of the race now had slowed to a leisurely walk. And uh, <laughs> it was, they were kind of peeled away to the side and the two behind the first in the lead opted to go no water. Specifically, Garcia, this American. He was in the lead after the kind of three flaked away from the shites and he disappeared off the track. Turns out, sadly, again, he was dying of the lung dust. Oh. Oh my God. He crunched into a corner and was found by a local uh, observer and luckily they saved his life, but he was fully dying by the side of the road from the swallowing of the dust and sand. Oh my God. So it sounds like he, the dust and sand had sanded its way through his stomach and uh, yes, dying away there. Very sad. Jeez, they've really persevered through the discomfort and all the way to the dying. I mean, it seemed intense. And nobody was stopping. Usually... There wasn't like an overarching medical team at hand. Yeah. It was every man for themselves. I would not usually give men the credit for tolerating discomfort. Well, I'll describe to you this runner next, which might give a little insight into what was actually going on behind the scenes in terms of, you know, why they might be overlooking the discomfort they might not be seeing or thinking clearly. So, not much competition left. Enter Thomas Hicks, storming ahead, suspiciously so. (laughs) He was in the lead by a mile and amazingly... Uh, amazingly because he was completely without moisture at this <laughs> point uh, he was he also had a team he was one of the guys who had sort of trainers in the yeah, lives he had two trainers ah, he's a bit fully, soft then foot weight. I suppose he had shoes as well he, he had a pair of shoes as well and his trainer he was at this point beginning to slow due to the raisin you know yeah. the dust and everything Pruning. and trainers the lack of water like, they sprung into action They grabbed him either side. He was pleading for moisture. They refused to let him have water, but they did have copious amounts of brandy, which is what was happening at the time. So no, no, we shan't do water, but they will be a lot of booze on the run, thinking that this was, you know, going to pep them up and some of the way it might have helped. That's However, why your man was so chatty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Felix was locked. So Thomas Hicks' mouth was powder. His yes. eyes were so dry he couldn't blink and open them again. His handlers were on either side of him. He was begging for water. They were saying no. They were, however, sponging up water to mop his brow, keeping his head wet. He was like, no, mouth, <laughs> mouth. But they were like, no, no, we'll just keep you moist around the hairline. <laughs> and uh, so they were doing that. They were also like, open up, Thomas, we'll give you a few drops of this. Strychnine. So strychnine is, is a rat poison, extremely powerful. But back then it was considered it like... Performance enhancing drugs. Yes. Here's what I pulled from Wiki. So the, when ingested, strychnine causes muscle convuls- convulsions before death through asphyxia. So the convulsions had been thought to be beneficial in tiny doses in the past, right? In the late 19th, to early 20th century, it was used as an athletic performance enhancer, like a stimulant. So like cocaine, except a bit more dangerous. Yeah. 
Uh, Hicks, however, was completely shagged and just needing a glass of fucking water. In steps the brandy. So they were forcing brandy into his powder dry mouth. It's like viscous, isn't it, as well? Exactly. And uh, and, I'll tell you more about him in a bit. So anyway, second place, Felix, Cuban in black tie, catching up on Hicks fast, distracted by an apple tree, says to himself, I think I have time. I'll go over there for a little bite of the apple. Weren't they cooking apples? Oh, oh. murder on the stomach. Murder on the belly. He was doubled over in pain, said, I'll have a little nap here. He lies down to take 40 winks. Enter back in again, Len, the barefoot African runner, cruising past a sleeping Felix. Come on, Len. Remember Fred Lors, the New York bro- uh, bricklayer? Yes. With the cramp? With okay. the car. And the car. He was taking a car to the finish line. The fucking car breaks down on the way. He gets out to walk, thereby, unbeknownst to him, re-entering the race. So he is running now or walking towards the finish line. Everybody's looking at him, coming, thinking, here we go. Man in first place. Len, looking good for second place, Still shoeless, disaster hits when a pack of wild dogs takes chase. Jesus. Pushing Len, who's running now from the dogs, completely off course, into a nearby field. Right? Len ends up running two miles off course. Okay, so back to the bricky. Fred Lors jogging uh, along, overtakes Len, who's gone miles off course with the dogs, breezes past Hicks, who's completely fucked at this point. Yeah, Len's re-energized. Len's has gone along. in the field with the wild dogs. Fred Lords is like absolutely not a bother. Hicks is your man off his head in strychnine and brandy with the two <laughs> lads. He's completely hallucinating now at this point, being dragged feet dead by his two handlers <laughs> towards the finish line. But I forgot to tell you as well. Someone not only re- removed from my wedding like that. I know. God love her. She's an Instagram star. So anyway, she. So Fred's been her Hicks dragged, seeing things at this point now. But I forgot to tell you about the eggs. So not only had they been doing the brandy in his gob, but they'd been cracking raw eggs into oh, his mouth. Disgusting. Well. Disgusting. But also a little bit liquidy. So he does gain a bit. Now he's completely hallucinating out of his mind, but he is back walking again. The two handlers sort of let him loose. Uh, But they quickly then had to grab him again as he collapses. They've run out of brandy. Big problem. They're like in the crowd. Anybody have anything to help with Hicks? New bottle of brandy is introduced. Back we go with the eggs and the brandy and the poison. Poured out a bottle of water on the ground to decant some brandy exactly. in. Yeah. Like hand it over. So in he goes, more rat poison, up and he's dragged into the dirt race from hell. And the eggs, anyway. So Jesus. somehow Hicks comes back to life and he's found the strength to be on his own two feet. Many think it was due to the hallucinations and uh, New York brickie Fred Lors has overtaken Hicks uh, a mile back, cruising towards the finish line. He's like in for a penny. Who's gonna know? And he crosses the fucking finish line, right? And he, in fairness to him, like he, he's just overtaken by the crowd. The cheering, people yeah. are handing him a baby. Ah, he he's getting photographed with the mayors. Shit. 
the mayor. Like yeah. it was we he was tired. He was too. getting swept up. Yeah. It's he a like, fucking no, celebration. Guys. He's oh, then taking a photograph with the daughter of the president. And he obviously knows full well he drove the, re- the majority of this race. He was handed a golden trophy when a voice in the crowd goes, you cheated, sir. So so Fred goes, I did. I did, yeah. Right? He was whipped back the trophy. He was banned from the Olympics for life. He later appealed the ban saying he went insane and they agreed. He went on to win the Boston Marathon two years later, Right? All this drama was going on. Hicks was still stumbling and weaving along the track. Vision completely gone almost at this point. He was just seeing lights and hallucinating. The whole field of runners were catching up to him. Hicks hits a wall, drops to his knees. Uh, The trainers opting not to bring him to a hospital, but resume dragging him towards the finish line. This is his win. Better not count. Oh, wait. Well, hang on. After three hours... 30 minutes, he fucking wins. Thomas Hicks wins the 1904 Olympic Marathon. That's still a decent time for a marathon. Yeah, look it up well, there. Well, it was actually. probably the marathon in 1904 was probably only two kilometers. It was no, 40. Said it was the 40. 40. Yeah. It is a very good time, isn't it? So, so three bad, yeah. lots of cheating, mind you. Uh, so what did I say there? Whoops. So three hours, 30 minutes. Hicks won. Al Corey, remember the French American, came second. Can't remember who came third, but Felix reappeared to take fourth. Len finished ninth. It was by far the slowest Olympic winning time in history. But three hours, Thomas in three hours, Thomas lost eight pounds and obviously (laughs) almost died. He retired after that, never ran again a day in his life. And then the Russian team arrived, and that's the end of the story. I feel like Len was the only rightful winner of that. And what did he say? What did he came again? Fourth. Fourth. Yeah. that he actually is the only one that fucking ran the thing. Actually did it. Although Felix did fairly well on third. Okay, wait, yeah. Felix, okay, Felix is the rightful winner. Len yes. should have gotten silver. Exactly. That is so infuriating. And that's the kind of crack you have when there's very little organizing and no medics. <laughs> and it's 1904. <laughs> the best time for a marathon is two hours and six minutes. Very in good. In 2008. Jesus, that person whipped around. Whipped mm. around. I did a 10K once and it took me about that. Did it? I wouldn't be well, able for that. That's what the mini marathon takes. Um, Samuel Wanjiro is a Kenyan long distance runner. See, it's, all, it's the Kenyans. They are unbelievable. Have you ever read that book, Running Like the, Run like the Kenyans? No. It's absolutely brilliant. Is it actually about trying to run better? It's about the Olympic training camp in Kenya. And it's run by like an Irish brother. What? Yeah. When you say brother, do you mean religious Who's man? brother? Yeah. Right. Who's brother, brother of Christ? Jesus Christ's brother. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Run Like a Canyon, I think is the, is the book. I find for it's, and I hate running, but it was, it's a brilliant book. Good to run. Sophie, you'd be good at running. I, I am not. Be. It's over for me. It's over. COVID. Is it? The, yeah. Really? Well, I could try again, but like, but I can no. even tell from my, my breathing. You're like, it's finished. Also, the old ankle fracture there recently still isn't amazing. I'll do a real number. Like, I tried to jog towards um, some fruit gums, <laughs> like, two days ago. And I was like, ooh, 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 brisk walk. I think that's my max. That's fucking yeah. annoying. Yeah, truly. 
Anyway, that's my story of some of you have heard before, but some of you haven't. Epic. It's a great story, isn't it? It's There's great YouTube chaos. Um, uh, videos that people have done a great mock-ups. There's a great small short animation, but total chaos. And of course, all word of mouth storytelling. So you know yourself. You know, loose on the facts. The, <laughs> like, like the best Like shit. all stories on the creep dive. It's exactly. word of mouth. It's hearsay. It's, you know, a well-known fact. Um, anyone who is enjoying that, there is also previous episodes about the Barclay Marathon. Oh, that was mm. brilliant Which as well. is fascinating Did race you do that, that still one? takes place. I think that was me a good while back. Like over a year, I'd say. Maybe that more. is what the most dangerous and difficult run in the world ever. You have to sign a fuckload of waivers. It's like extreme treasure hunt as well along the way for the directions. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's a bloody nightmare. An Irish athlete's done it. Broke his collarbone during it, as far as I remember. Um, and isn't it run by an old hippie? Yeah, just a couple of lads who live up like in the middle of nowhere. Like best not to try and remember it scrappily. If anyone who hasn't heard it, go back and listen to that. Here's a little, oh, oh, just a short one on it. The Barkley Marathon is an ultra marathon race held in Frozen Head State Park near Watford, Tennessee. It's over if, several days, yeah. If the runner completes 60 miles, this is known as a fun run. The full course is 100 miles. Mm. It's crazy. Some yeah. ra- Although some racers say it could be around 130. And it's oh, just through survival. Like, backcountry, forest. You'd take a wrong turn, you'd be on a cliff. I think that's what happened to the Irish runner who did it. Um, did yeah. anyone ever die on itself? No, I there people. I mean, people just drop out. Yeah, don't complete. Um, and they play like a kind of a, a bugle when people drop. Out. It's absolutely loads amazing. of people just hang around for the spectacle. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, high extreme, and it probably attracts. It's great crack, I'd say. There's amazing stories as well of women trying to enter marathons back in the beginning. Um, must do that one day. That's right. That You know, that iconic photograph in the 1970s of a woman being pushed, being pulled and pushed off a race. Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you as ever. Thank you especially to our patrons who support the Creep Dive and keep us creeping. Yes. We love you. What do we have for them this week? Um, Depending on the order of how the stories and what we're doing, I have a uh, an interesting story about a missing vet a missing soldier in Vietnam and then the discovery of him 44 years later in a jungle in... Alive! Mm, But not all is as it seems. Very good, Cass. So if that wets your whistle. I thought you meant actual vet as in veterinarian. Not enough. There's not enough stories about (laughs) about vets. Truly. There isn't. Yeah. Uh, If I was a vet now, I would do a little puppet show with animals. Like where you'd... Wear them. Yeah. You wouldn't get a hand up a small enough one, I'd say now, to be able to... Choose wisely. You know, and then to have the strength to lift. It'd be a good party piece. What would have a big... You might get a fist up a chicken. Let's end it there. Poor chicken. And thank you very much. Goodbye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.